Welcome to King's Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit kcnyc.org. Hey, I want to talk a few minutes this morning about vaccines. (laughs) Vaccines, totally irrelevant subject for New York City. Vaccines, from which we were kicked out of all of the restaurants in New York. (laughs) Vaccines. This massive, divisive issue in New York City. Vaccines are a funny thing. So we have this device that's supposed to give us like a little tiny piece of a sickness or a disease or something that can harm us or kill us. And so inside the vaccine is this viral agent. It's put inside the corpus, the body, in a very, very, very small piece. And it's supposed to teach our body what to be aware of, what to protect against. Like, yo, body, you gotta watch out for this. Because if you let this live on the inside of you, it's going to hurt you. It's going to harm you. That's the purpose of a virus, of an antiviral agent, is to give a little tiny piece of this code, let's call it sin of brokenness, of sin, and say, hey, watch out for this thing. Be careful, because if you live in this thing, it's going to kill you. That's why the polio vaccine was given, so we don't all die from polio. That's why vaccines are, when they're (laughs) not experimental agents, let's just throw that on there. When they're normal, they're really good, because they teach our body what to be warned against. That's the purpose of a vaccine. The church has called by God to vaccinate a culture and say, these are the things you must guard against. These are the things that will kill you. These are the things that are dangerous. These are the agents that if you let them live inside of you, they'll destroy everything. The wages of sin is death. This is vaccine language, baby. You let this kind of thing live inside of you, you die. You let this kind of behavior function inside of you, you don't make it. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 24, it says this, it says, in the end times, the church will heap up for itself all of these teachers and all they do is tickle people's ears and make them feel good. That's all they do heap up, pile up for themselves, teachers that tickle the ears. And that's a weird word, like, nobody wants their ears tickled, right? That's like bizarre, it's weird. That belongs in the West Village, we don't want that here. (laughs) Thank you, where are you? Um, The word in Greek actually means to massage the ear. Not tickle, but massage it. to make you feel really good about yourself. And that's what the church does. They want you to feel great about yourself. That's what politicians do. They want you to feel great about yourselves. That's what our leaders mostly are doing. We pile up teachers for ourselves that just make us feel good. And the church is called to warn you against death, to be an antiviral agent in your life. To say if you continue in this stuff, it's going to kill you. It's going to kill your marriage. It's going to kill your family. 
It's going to kill your city, your community, if we keep behaving this way. There's a prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Ezekiel. His name means strength of God. You know why his name means strength of God? Because it takes strength to stand up to a culture that's heaped on for itself, teachers that just massage and be like, yo, this is not about massage. This is about your life and your death. Eternally. The kingdom of heaven is not just about the temporal, it's about the eternal. So when Romans says the wages of sin is death, it doesn't just mean in the here and now, it means permanently, forever. And when it says the free gift of God is life in Christ Jesus, it doesn't just mean here and now, it means permanently, eternally. And so Ezekiel, God tells him to speak to the people. And it's a, it's a rough message. It's not a massage level message. It's pretty tough. He says, this is what I want you to say. Ezekiel, and if you don't say it, you're the problem. And that's why the church has been the problem. The church just wants to be your buddy these days and not tell you what you're doing is evil. And it says this, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17, Son of man, I have commanded you this day to go into the people and tell them that the wages of their sin is death. Look at this. When I say, this is God talking to the wicked, surely you will die if you continue in your sin. We're talking about eternal life, eternal death. There's more to life than what you eat and what you drink and what you put on and your job tomorrow and the car that you want. There's more than that. We know that. There's an impulse on the inside of man that says there's more than this. And that's the echo, the call of God that calls to every heart of every man. And God says, come to the people and tell them, don't walk in this darkness, walk in the light, and you'll walk into my life. And it says this to Ezekiel, he says, and if you don't do it, look at this. If you don't speak out and they die in their sin, Verse 18, the same wicked man will die, but the blood I require will be on your head. You're going to be the one that's at fault. You're the one who I will hold accountable. The church, the, the entity that's been called to vaccinate a culture against sin and darkness. Martin Luther King Jr. called the church the conscience of the people, the conscience of the state. And in our day and age, the church has stopped being the conscience of the people and wants to only be the masseuse of the people. And the state can't be our conscience. The government can't be our conscience. The education system can't be our conscience. Because two plus two equals four. Two plus two doesn't equal share with your neighbor. You can't get a moral imperative from a discovered fact. The scientific method teaches us to categorize and discover the phenomenon of the material world. But when we find out about iron, and we find out about steel, and we find out about lead, who's going to tell us to put the lead in the gun and who to shoot out and who not to shoot out. Science won't tell you that. 
The state won't tell you that. God has called the church to be the conscience of the state. And so the church is supposed to tell you what you're doing wrong and what to repent of because I don't need this free gift of salvation. I don't need it if I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't need Christ if my life is filled up. I don't need his salvation if I'm my own salvation. If I'm the answer, I don't need to find the answer. But up in here, in New York, we're not afraid to speak the truth in love. Amen? And it says this about these kind of acts that lead to death. Check this out. Romans 1, 26. It says women that go after women sexually. That equals eternal death. It says that men that pursue men sexually. That equals eternal death. It goes on. It has a litany. It says all this. It says liars, fornicators, murderers, full, those full of envy, de deceitful, malignant, backbiters. All of these things deserve eternal consequence. But then there's a scripture, John 3, 16, and maybe it's the most famous scripture in the world. It says, for God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not, what? Perish, would not have death, would not have the consequent wages of your acts. Whosoever believes would not have death, but would have eternal life. Friend, I was a young man looking to fill my soul and a preacher like me in a place like this said one day, God has a plan for you. He loves you. If you reject him, there's only destruction and chaos and darkness. But if you choose this day, he'll change your whole life. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He's good. He wants your best. You must repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand this very day. Yo, maybe you're here today and you're like, I, you're right. I do things that are broken. I walk in this way that's corrupt. I want to turn my life to Jesus. Friend, it's not because of your good works that makes you righteous. It's because of faith in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God that will set you right. I want to pray with you right now. If you say, Pastor, weird subway pastor, strange, strange subway pastor, I want you to pray with me. This is what I want you to pray. Pray, Jesus, I give you my life. I turn from my sins. I believe Jesus died and rose again. I put my faith in him. And this day, God, I make him the Lord and Savior of my life. If you said that prayer, that's the door that cracks to begin the journey following God. One of the things that the early Christians were called, they were called followers of the way. Not a single transaction, but it begins the process of following God. That we begin to lift him up in our life. Everything else gets less important. We start living for the eternal things, the things of value, the things that matter. And the other things start to fade. We can sing. Be lifted up. 
and live that way. Be lifted higher. Like that's what we start to live for the higher things, not the base things, not that I become my own ruler, but my life trajectory, the direction has changed fundamentally. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Acts 20.27 says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And that's something that we're trying to do at King's Church. We're trying to steward God's word and share it to a generation. If you want to partner in us sharing the whole counsel of God's truth, please text KCNYC to 77977 and partner with us here at King's Church to get God's message, his whole counsel, all over the place on podcasts and on radio and around the world so believers like you would be encouraged. Thanks.